0: Did you put that there? Yep. Recording. It. How about right here. Oh, welcome back to an. Up here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're talking <laughs> this way though. It's gonna be like whoa, whoa, whoa. whoa. Yeah. Welcome back to another beautiful night here at Fusion Fellowship Group. Up in here, up in here. Up in here, up in here. You may say it's hot. I would agree with you, yeah. but it's not supposed to rain until nine something. So we're safe for now. For <laughs> it. Uh, good to see everybody. Tonight we got Joe and Kevin Woo! teaching out of First Timothy 4. So we're trucking through that book. verses will be up here. Uh, no problem there. Announcements tonight. Zero fun. We're probably going
1: to make our way inside if it rains. Zero
0: fun. Very good. Somebody likes that. So zero fun tonight. We can hang out inside probably because it's going to rain. Uh, another announcement. Special announcement. we got uh, some people joining our home church here soon for another one. We get the Basses coming over, and we have the smallies coming back. A stout folk, tearing it up. So that'll be probably next week. They'll be here helping us out. So we'll get to that more later on. What else is there? Next week's the concert. Oh yeah.
2: Concert at
1: the what is that? Yeah,
2: so next week that will be the concert at the Mullers. If you to, I'm sorry to interrupt. Go for you. it. No, I forgot about it. Okay. So, it'd be the concert at the Mullers. So, as you guys may or may not know, there's a concert at the Mullers. So, it's a family that comes to our um, church, lives in Hudson. They're hosting for the second year in a row, like an Americana folk band that comes around and travels and does intimate um, concerts. So, it should be pretty cool. Um, even if you don't particularly care for that type of music, my advice to you would be like be better. music is awesome, do yeah, better. Be better, it's like pizza, <laughs> it's always good. Uh, you'll have a great time, so it's $12, if you guys have tickets, that's cool, use those tickets. If you don't have tickets, please respond to the poll on the Facebook page for our fellowship group. You can buy tickets at the door. Heidi has actually asked us to do that, rather than use Eventbrite to buy any more tickets. She just said, just buy them at the door. So she knows that our home church is coming. They're expecting to have a number of people from our home church. So do that. You can buy the tickets at the door. They're $12 for adults. Children are welcome too. So children um, are $5. So five and any, any children yeah. under five are free. So do you have any questions? Hopefully that made sense. Yes, Carrie. Question
3: Do we need to bring anything? Do you have a snack to share? No, they're gonna
0: have pancakes and other some sort of stuff. Pancakes there. in a cup, apparently. How's it work? I don't know. Yeah. Bring your own. Bring your
3: drinks. Hey.
1: Yeah, bring your like. Your bring your camping chairs in the backyard. Yeah. Very good. Is it for announcements? Oh,
4: Labor Day.
0: Hey, Jamie, right? Yes. Where is she? Colorado. She's enjoying some <laughs> nice mountains. Anyways, Kevin, come on up. Actually, Kevin, come on
5: up. Yeah. Right? yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Actually.
4: Really
3: yeah, that was like
5: got boot. You know, oh. Huh. All right. Hello Fusion Fellowship Group. Hello.
3: What up with it?
5: What Hello Fusion Fellowship Woo! Group. All right. Hello. All right. So, tonight uh, Joseph and I have the honor Nay, the privilege of continuing continuing on in First Timothy, and going through uh, chapter four, verses uh, eleven through sixteen. Before we do that, though, have we prayed yet? I don't think so. Can a couple of us maybe pray. Lord,
0: uh, I pray for this weather to hold out for us. It's a pleasant
2: now. Uh, I pray that there's no catastrophic. Guys kind of thing, kind of like teaching them like that. I pray, uh, for your Holy Spirit, to be, uh, I don't know, just, uh, energizing all of us here and
6: helping us lay aside the just, not just the day, the
2: grind, that kind of thing so that we can just be investing and loving one another here and uh, investing in you
4: and learning more about who you are. I pray for some cool discussion about uh, first Timothy here later on tonight. Yeah, God, I really thank you for this fellowship, for these peoples. Um, I thank you that you love us, and that you um, want to engage <clears> in <throat> us. You came to die for us, um, and you just want to give us abundant life. I so thank you for that. I pray that we would um, have our ears open and our hearts open to hear from you today, that as we get into your word, we would let your word get into us, um, and that it would, it would have its desired
5: change in us. So. Yeah, God. Um... Thank you so much for uh, allowing so many of us to get together tonight and hear your word. Um, I pray that uh, the, the teaching that we're going to have in leadership really motivates us. Um, I know our church as a whole is really always uh, striving to uh, raise up new leaders. Um, and as we're going to learn tonight, that's something that each and every one of us is capable of. Um, so I pray that this can provoke some spiritual conversations afterwards and that the rain... Stays away and uh, comes again another day. Amen. Amen. Do you want to do that? Holy oh, Christ. I love it. All right. Should I stand or should I sit? We have stand. Thoughts. Stand. Okay. Stand. okay. Uh, I was hoping for sit. Okay. Damn it. Okay. You
4: can sit about
5: 20 minutes. Okay. Fair, fair enough. All right. So, going to continue on in First Timothy 4. So, theme of tonight's teaching is leadership. Right? What does it mean to be a leader? How can I be a leader? I suck at leading. I can't even lead my own life. How can I lead in a biblical way? Well, we're going to talk about that. We're also going to talk about how we're all impactful. We all have the ability to be impactful. We are all significant. Any one of us can be significant. Anyone can be impactful. Do we know who this is? Bob <laughs> Bob Ross, the legend, Bob Ross. So, he had a couple of really well-known sayings. Number one, first and foremost, is Happy Trees. I'll admit that. Happy Trees is his number one saying. (laughs) But slightly behind that, not far behind, was he always would say, anyone can paint. He didn't say, everyone is a talented painter or everyone's great at painting. He said, anyone can do it. And this guy had a show. I think it was on PBS. Um, I remember my grandma used to watch it when we were kids, and he would always be. Grandma
4: used to watch it when she was a kid.
5: Probably, yeah. Um, So he would always be encouraging and telling everybody, "You can do it. Anyone can do this." And in the same way, the Bible tells us that we can be impactful, and more specifically, we're given gifts from God that would help us with leadership. Question on the screen. What do you all think of when you hear the word leadership? Who or what do you think of? Lots of hard work. Lots of hard work. Yeah. Don't just, uh, typically not just born a leader. Unless it's some weird sort of uh, caste system. Anyways, anything else? Being in charge. Being in charge. Very good. That's what I think of, too. My first thought is, like a great general, here we have Mr. Napoleon Bonaparte, see he's on his great white noble steed, and he's pointing out to his fellow generals, go there, do that. Most of the people on this don't even have a horse, but Napoleon gets a white horse. So he's the leader, he's the great general, he's commanding his troops. Second thing I think of when I think of the word leadership is these little corny uh, pictures that they have in the principal's office. I don't know how many of you all were sent to the principal's office as much as I was when I was a kid, but uh, I, got, uh, I had many hours of looking at similar photos like this. They always have little one-word blurbs at the bottom, like friendship or leadership or uh, trust. And uh, I don't know what the, it says at the bottom there, but we got the one penguin leading the rest of the penguins here. Classic leadership. Is anybody capable of seeing that and then reading it out? We're going to do the, uh, the whole blurb here, and then we're going to break it down verse by verse.
4: Command and teach these things. Don't let anyone look down on you because you are young, but set an example for the believers in speech, in conduct, in love, in faith, and in purity. Until I come, devote yourself to the public reading of Scripture, to preaching, and to teaching. Do not neglect your gift, which was given you through prophecy when the body of elders laid their
5: hands on you. Thank you. So I don't know if you guys noticed, but in the middle there, it says, uh, devote yourself to the public reading of Scripture. We're doing that right now. We're off to a really good start, everybody. Praise God. Yeah? Let's hope it continues. We'll get back to that later. So first portion of this says, command and teach these things. Again, when I think of a uh, commander or a leader, I think of like a military guy barking orders. Here we got the goat, Arlie Ermey, in full metal jacket, yelling at Private Joker, thumping him over the head, telling him, you idiot, this is what you need to do. Um, but that's actually, it. the original translation of this, um, it's a lot closer to the word proclaim than the word command. There's, a, uh, there's almost like a connotation with the English language, like command, it's like there's a superior and a direct inferior and they're just barking orders at them so the original translation is a lot closer to the word proclaim than it is co- to command you don't need to be like an Arlie Ermy, yelling and screaming at people thumping them over the head um, you don't need to be gifted in leadership even to be a leader you don't have to uh, be super charismatic or any of that kind of stuff now you might be asking you don't have to be a gifted leader to be a leader Where the heck are you getting that from? So glad you asked. Immediately before this, in 1 Timothy 3, verses 1 through 7, we're given a heap of qualifications here as to what it takes to be a deacon, as to what it takes to be a leader in the church, and an overall godly leader. Now we're given such things as uh, be uh, faithful to your wife, be temperate, be self-controlled and respectable. Be hospitable. One thing that's noticeably absent here is that you don't have to be a talented leader to be a leader. We're all given gifts and abilities that help us to lead. One thing that's absolutely certain to be a a leader, whether it's within the church or a godly leader in your marriage or in your friendships, one thing that you have that's absolutely required is that you have to be someone who's sound in the word and you have a heart for the Lord and a heart for others. We're told this in, uh, in Acts 28, 31. Who's going to grab that?
4: Proclaiming the kingdom of God and teaching about the Lord Jesus Christ with all boldness and without
5: hindrance. So you got to be bold for the Lord. you got to be bold in teaching others and telling others about what you know. And what is it that you know? Jesus Christ came down to earth And he died for us so that we can surpass judgment and that we can have an eternal relationship with our Father in heaven. First portion of uh, verse 12 here. Don't let anyone look down on you because you're young. Now, in this they say Timothy is about 30 years old, roughly, give or take a couple years, but he's uh, all in all a pretty young man. In a situation that I think a lot of people in this home church are in, um, we have a lot of young, relatively young adults in this home church, and then we have some other people in the uh, in the other portion of their life. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> um, hey. So, when I first started teaching home church, I had some uh, I had some concerns. Um, I had some uh, down on myself feelings. I had the sense of I actually I thought of Terry. Um I thought, what the heck do I have to offer up to a guy like Terry? What could I possibly tell him and show him about the Lord? This is a guy who's been a Christian almost as long as I've been alive. He wakes up way before I do, gets into the word, prays. He's super thoughtful. I know that he cares about all of us. He's a loving guy. What do I have to offer up somebody like Terry? I'm not I, I don't have that capability. I don't have that significance. And on my own, I don't. Um, On my own, you know, I got nothing to give him. But with God, I'm given a new identity and a new relationship and a new set of abilities. The first verse I ever memorized in the whole Bible was Galatians 2.20. Who wants to nab that for me?
3: I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself up for me.
5: So on my own, I'm this little, uh, I'm not that little anymore. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm this like punk kid and doing it on my own. I got nothing to give. Um, but, you know, after receiving Christ and after coming into a relationship with him, I have this new identity. And I have some new perspectives maybe that Terry hasn't considered. And I have some encouragement to offer, right, that I probably wouldn't have had before. So don't discount yourself because you're young, and darn sure don't let other people look down on you because of your youth. Second half of verse 12 here. uh, Set an example for believers in your speech, in your conduct, in love, in faith, and in purity. That's what it looks like to be a leader. Are you somebody who... Complains and moans all the time and says, this isn't fair. Um, Are you a taker? Do you just blurb to people and make them listen to your problems and don't give a damn about theirs? Are you somebody who's going out there and loving people when it's hard to do, when you don't really feel like doing it? Do you keep faith when things are getting hard? It's really, really tough sometimes. It's hard not to say, you know what, God? You. Um, But are you strong in faith? And in purity, um, I think there's a, It's implying sexual purity here. How many pastors and preachers and priests or whatever, and these big churches have you seen on TV, read in the newspaper? I don't know who reads newspapers anymore. Seen on like Twitter, maybe, um, of these churches and these pastors like resigning in disgrace in these churches, like folding because their pastor wasn't pure. Because he was using his position to take advantage of people. And that's not what godly leadership looks like. And being a leader isn't isolated to home church leadership. I'm not a home church leader. I'm not a cell group leader. But I have ways that I can be a leader too. Where are some areas that you can lead if you're not in leadership? You can lead in your friendships. Are you somebody who goes out and loves your friends and listens to your friends and helps your friends and serves your friends, or are you a taker? In your marriage, are you somebody who says, you know what, I cleaned up last night, it's your job to clean up tonight. Are you somebody who puts yourself aside, or are you somebody who serves and loves and leads your marriage in a godly direction? Allie and I dealt with this ourselves. After a couple months of being married she was challenging me in ways that I hadn't ever been challenged in and it was hard and it was rough and you know what it pissed me off and I hated it um, but looking at it now she was trying to be strong for us and, and guide us into a godly direction and I'm so thankful that she did Good recovery. Thank you. Um, If you're not married, not everybody here is married. You can be be a leader in your living situation. Do you have roommates? Are you looking out for them? Myself, I lived with a dude for six years prior to getting married. Half the time was spent actually focusing on loving him in a serving way. The other half was focused on me hanging out in my room. Me just focusing on paying my rent on time, not leaving a load of dirty dishes, trying not to rock the boat. But are you somebody who's willing to lead by serving your roommates, challenging them in hard ways, and correcting them when they need to be corrected? And when necessary, get corrected yourself. You can lead in terms of your family. Now, this one hits especially close to me. Um, My brother... Uh, when he first became a Christian, took the leadership of our family spiritually. Um, we were all atheists or agnostic at that point. Um, and he decided he was going to be bold for the Lord um, And he didn't smack us over the head with it. He didn't force it down our throat, but he was bold for the Lord and he was persistent. and because he was, he saved, I'm saved. My mother's saved. His wife is saved. His two kids talk about how much they love Jesus. And that's all because he was bold for the Lord. He put himself out there and said, Lord, please use me. I don't know what the heck I'm going to do. And the Lord used him. And there's... I I can't count that many people. I have like six people that have like eternal relationships with God now. Because he was bold for the Lord. And he took the lead. Don't they
6: have three kids now?
5: They have three. Well... The youngest has not accepted Christ. So, um, so verse 13. Uh, Until I come, devote yourself to public reading of Scripture, to preaching, and to teaching. I told you we come back to this one. How are you going to know uh, God's desire for you, God's desire for your wife, God's desire for your home church or cell group or whatever, If you're not able to determine what God's will is, and how do you determine God's will? By getting into the Word, by teaching, by reading, by praying, by spending time with Him, by spending time with your brothers and sisters in Christ. Because at the end of the day, being a leader, if you're looking to be a leader just to be a leader, because, you know, it looks good, or um, it's a prestigious position, uh, I don't think it. I don't think it pays here. I don't think Joe or or uh, Rich or Craig are getting paid. Get um, other perks. Other perks. Yeah. Um, but if you're doing it for your own glory, you're not going to last. The people that are in it for the wrong reasons always get outed, um, and it's never good. But if you're doing it because you love others and you have a heart for the Lord, then you're set up for success. And that's what biblical leadership looks like. Can somebody uh, can somebody read Acts 10, 42?
3: And he commanded us to preach to the people and to testify that he is the one appointed by God to be judge of the living and the dead.
5: Jesus was sent down here to die for us um, so that we can have eternal life. There's a, um, bear with me here. I don't have a movie clip on this, but there's a, there's a scene in the movie Troy where they're landing boats on the beach um, and there's a big battle going on on the beach and these boats are coming on and there's a guy yelling, Greeks are dying! We have to hurry! There's, there's got to be a sense of urgency. Like, people are dying. They don't know the Lord. We have to have a fire under our ass for this. It's important. 1 Peter uh, 3.15 But in your hearts honor Christ the Lord as holy. Always being prepared to make defenses to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that's in you. And yet do it with gentleness and with respect. So, part of leadership is guiding people in the right direction. Right, You're Allowing them to make their own decision, but you're kind of guiding them in the right direction When I was a new Christian um, I would be real excited and I would go out and I would tell my co-workers that I'm a Christian and that I love Jesus Or I would go tell my family. This is before my mom was saved um, I'd be real excited and then they would question me or they'd say I Don't that's not what I believe in and then I'd respond with you're stupid Um, You're wrong Um, I didn't have the uh, I didn't have the mental Or the spiritual bandwidth at that point To make coherent uh, Persuasive thoughts On the subject Um, I knew that I loved the Lord But I I couldn't Talk to people and coherently tell them Why Um, That's something that my brother was able to do And his effectiveness was Huge Verse 14, last but not least. Uh, Do not neglect uh, your gift, which was given to you through prophecy when the body of elders laid their hands on you. We mentioned uh, earlier, um, each one of us is given a gift that's going to help us with leadership. And it may not be the gift of leadership. It may not be, you may not be the most charismatic person. Um, I, for one, like, I, I don't have a lot of the gifts like, uh, like Rich has. Rich is, like, he's super, especially for his age, super, like, firm in the word. And he seems, like, really wise beyond his years. Um, Carlisle, super personable. He can make relationships with anybody. And that's going to make it so much easier. Like, Craig, every time I talk to him, he's, like, he's genuinely wanting to know about what's going on in my life. Joe has a great mustache. (laughs) I don't have these things. But... Thanks, guys. Um, But we are each given gifts that the Lord wants us to use to help to further His kingdom. And if you don't know what your gift is, I encourage you, after this, talk to your closest friends and ask them, what do they think that your spiritual gift is? All right, lastly... Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace and its various forms. It looks different for each of us. Like I said, you might not, um, you might not be Napoleon up on a horse commanding orders to people, and that's okay. You might just be hospitable. You might be encouraging, but that's significant too. That's what real biblical leadership looks like. Now, all of this takes quite a commitment. And that is what Joe's going to talk about right now.
2: All, right. All righty. Okay, so uh, we, we read that verse already, but uh, what I think is so cool about this verse is, okay, on the one hand, Timothy wasn't a gifted leader. He had to have a few letters written to him to encourage him because he wasn't gifted. He was timid. He needed help, that sort of thing. But on the other hand, he did have a spiritual gift. Um, Paul was encouraging him to use that gift. So um, for me, this is encouraging because it's like, it's okay if you're not a charismatic leader. It's easy for me. I don't, uh, a lot of times, like at work, I'm a manager here, I'm a leader. Um, At times, I see other people that do have that gift of leadership, that that charisma, that natural ability. And it's easy for me to get... uh, you know, kind of bent out of shape on that or wish that I had that or something or compare myself um, to somebody some somebody else that has some gifting that maybe I don't. Um, so this passage is really encouraging to me. It's, it's okay if you're not charismatic. You know, I know maybe I'm an acquired taste. I get this feedback a lot after a few months or a few years. People go, you know what? You're not as bad as you seemed at first or like, <laughs> you're okay. And I'm like, Okay, I'll I'll take it, you know. I wasn't sure about you at first. I get that feedback a lot.
0: Uh,
2: So it's not required to be, like, instantly likable or charismatic. Um, What's even more interesting to me is, you know, God's doling out these gifts, right? So it's God, right? If he wanted everybody to have the gift of leadership, if he wanted enough leadership giftings to go with the amount of leadership positions that he had, I think he could do it, right? Yeah. I don't think it's an oversight on God's part that he didn't provide enough leadership gifts to go with the leadership positions, right? Um, you know, it's not like he, he made a mistake or something. You know, there's this passage in Matthew 9 and, and Luke 10. Uh, does somebody want to get that? Okay. Jesus said to his disciples, The harvest is plentiful, but the
6: workers are few. Therefore, please the Lord of the Harvest
2: to send out workers into this harvest. Okay, so pretty much, um, whether you're gifted or not in in leadership, uh, the Lord's saying, "I need just people who are willing to go out um, and tend to the harvest. I just need some workers, right? You don't have to be gifted um, in harvesting. You don't have to have natural charisma about you. You just have to be willing to go out and and follow me. Um, so not an over sight on God's part to not give out a lot of spiritual gifts of leadership and charisma. Um, You actually see many leaders in the Bible that don't have these gifts that are seemingly ungifted and unqualified. Timothy, right? Again, the dude had to have a whole couple books written to him to encourage him. He was timid and needed help. Um, David made a lot of mistakes. Moses I mean, he tells God basically, God, you're wrong. Why don't you pick somebody else? I don't speak so good. And God's like, no, you're my guy. I'll send somebody that can help you with the speaking part. Um, so there's a lot of that in the Bible. Even Paul, right? Paul didn't seem like a great candidate to be a leader in God's church because he was persecuting God's church. So God seems to love to really cast the unexpected people to fill his, his leadership role. So if you're feeling like, hey, I don't have any gifting, or I don't know so much, or I can't do it, uh, you know, you're not alone. All these people were feeling like this, and then they allowed God to work through them. You know, they were willing to follow God. They were willing to take steps, and God did great things with them. So, again, Timothy, he was drafted into this leadership role via Paul, via God, Despite his shortcomings, you know, everything about him, um, they put him into a real crucial role. Um, And Paul didn't leave him high and dry. He gave him a playbook, right? We read it. Show yourself to be an example in godly conduct. Make the word of God paramount. Teach it publicly. Exhort and teach. And then use what I've given you, right? I I have given you some gifts. Um, We don't know exactly what Timothy was gifted in. Um, We, again, know it probably wasn't a natural leadership ability. It probably was something to do with teaching the word of God or something like that. Um, but, But use what I have given you. I have given you a spiritual gift. Use that, Timothy, and you'll be all right. And then he goes on in his instruction in verse 15. Does somebody want to read that? Take
3: pains with these things. Be absorbed in them so that your progress will be evident to
2: all. Okay, so he says, okay, I've given you the playbook. Now, your, your job is to throw yourself completely into this task, right? Look at the words that he uses. Take pains, be absorbed. Um, you get this picture, and I put this picture up here, of a war. You know, the Bible says there's a spiritual war going on. Um, you know it's a battle over truth it's a battle over good and evil um, you know Satan exists and he's real he's trying to distort and take us off task um, Jesus Jesus is real too he wants us to follow him so there's this war going on Timothy I'm going to need a high level of commitment and dedication from you um, as if you know it was a war like this is World War one or something like that these soldiers aren't worried about Anything else um, other than the task at hand, their mission um, Trying to achieve the objective that the general is giving to them. So our culture today um, You know, this is a high calling. Take pains with these things. Be absorbed in them. How does our culture feel about commitment? Um, I think we admire it from afar. We like to admire it from afar, (laughs) right? From afar. Way, way. Way afar. Like this soldier sacrificing himself for the greater good, this is cool. I would love to watch a movie about this, right? <laughs> I, I don't know that I could do that. I don't think I could do that. I just couldn't do it. Um, then again, I've never had to, so maybe I, I could if I was drafted into it and um, that was my situation, but, but that's a high level of commitment. I'd like to watch the movie, but I don't think I would like to do it. Um, An Olympic athlete or something like this. This is cool to flip on the TV for the Summer Olympics and See the high level of dedication That's paying off right. I don't want to watch a bunch of videos about people training for the four years to get to the Olympics And all the years before that Um, I just want to see the gold medal for my country right so we admire it from afar business people Um, I love this podcast how I built this is a podcast about business people that are successful. Um, they don't ever have podcasts about business people who weren't successful. So you get to hear the story about the perseverance and like, I tried and I failed and nobody believed in me, but I took my life savings and I poured it into this business and, and now it's Amazon. And you're like, yes, that is great. What an American success story, Jeff Bezos. He worked in his garage and he's one of the richest people in the world. We love it. But then when you're talking about commitment up close, and especially when it comes to um, spiritual things, it tends to get weird, right? Because um, our church, I think our church is a, is a higher type of a, a commitment church, um, where not only do we have this meeting, our fellowship group, or our home church meeting, we've got a central teaching meeting on Saturday, We've got maybe a cell group that you're going to on Monday night. We've got the prayer meeting on Monday night, too. Um, Maybe you're taking a class. That's on Wednesday night. Uh, What nights are left over? Uh, Maybe you're discipling somebody. Maybe you're getting discipled by somebody. Uh, Maybe you want to go and hang out with somebody. and get. That's the whole week right there, right? This level of commitment is a lot, and it looks weird to our culture. So maybe we've experienced pushback from family and friends on this. I know I have, especially when I first got involved with our church. Um, you know, hey, the God thing is good. Um, if it's like once a week or twice a week, if you're getting too involved in it, that that could be a bad thing. You may want to watch that. Um, maybe we've had these thoughts, too. It's easy to have these thoughts to ourselves. I mean... It is a busy schedule when you're meeting four or five times a week for something. um, Maybe it's too much, right? Maybe it's too much commitment. Maybe I need to back off a little bit. So it is something to think about. It is something to wrestle with God on. You know, we had our workers meeting where I showed that clip from an officer and a gentleman where I think it's right to wrestle with this level of commitment. Do I want to continue on? Because this is not going to be easy. It's going to be painful. It's gonna require my total absorption, right? So it's okay to wrestle with it, with God. Um, But in the end, if this is real, if God is real, if he is who he says he is, if he created the universe, if he sent his son to die for us, so we could have a relationship with him, so we could have purpose and significance and walk in the works that he's prepared for us before the foundation of the world, I mean, this is the most important thing ever, right? How can we do anything but commit to this cause I think right this is like this guy in World War One this is a difficult cause but I mean this is the most important thing on my plate right now I'm not worried about anything else Um, I think this is why some of us initially before we knew Christ why it can be so hard to make the decision to finally receive Christ and invite him into your life because I knew before I knew Christ, I knew if this is real, this is going to be a game changer. It's going to change everything. This is instantly going to become the most important thing in my life, which means some of the other things I think are important right now are going to get bumped to the wayside, right? Um, but if it's the most important thing, it's the most important thing. Um, and everything else pales in comparison, right? We need we need to have a job. I'm not saying we're not going to have jobs, <laughs> We need to have food, we need to have fun, we need to have family, we need to have friends. But all of that um, supports and only adds to what we're trying to do in our commitment to God. So being part of God's mission um, isn't exclusive of all those things. Again, those things are are part of God's mission. God wants us to have strong families and strong friendships and good relationships and be good at work. And all that's going to add to his mission. But to reconcile people to him, to bring life and have life too... Um, that, that's the highest commitment um, there is in the universe so many of us I know have experienced this um, you know when you experience uh, committing to this cause to, to Jesus' cause taking pains, being absorbed you have life you see other people have life you see people being changed you see people being impacted Kevin um, you shared the example of Chris you see your whole family being changed. Um, This only helps us and enables us to double down and commit even more, right? You see God working in our lives? It's awesome. We want it even more. And as we dedicate ourselves more and more to this mission, it's kind of a snowball effect. It's a compounding effect. Um, It leads to a beautiful result. It says in verse 15, that your progress will be evident to all. As we're committed to this cause... Um, as we're letting God work through us, everybody sees it, right? Everybody sees, whoa, you've changed. You're so cool. You're so loving. Whoa, thanks for helping me. I think I'm changing too. It's evident to all. We become more Christlike. We help other people become more Christ-like. This is cool. You know, sometimes it doesn't happen right away, um, but after a few months, after a few years, um, this becomes evident to all. So uh, verse 16 here is very similar to verse 15. It says, Pay close attention to yourself and to the teaching. Persevere in these things, for as you do this, you will save both yourself and those who hear you. So again, pay close attention to yourself. So um, he charged Timothy with being an example in some areas. So you've got to worry about yourself. You've got to be a good example. You've got to make sure you're following the Lord um, in order to help other people do the same. Pay close attention to the teaching. That's the Word of God. That's how you're going to be changed and impacted. That's how other people are going to be changed and impacted. And persevere in these things, right? Take pains. This is going to be hard. You're going to have setbacks. You're going to have failures. We know you're a timid guy. We know you don't have the gift of leadership. Um, persevere in these things. for As you do this, you will save both yourself and yourself. And those who hear you. So again, you're going to bring life to your own life and life to other people's lives. So um, the word salvation here can mean a number of things. Um, sometimes it means, like we say, get saved. It means you receive Christ and you're born again spiritually. I don't think that's what Paul means here. Um, I think it's pretty safe to uh, say and assume that Timothy had made this step already. Um, That's why he was drafted into a leadership role. That's why Paul was counting on him. He surely had a relationship with Jesus. So we're not talking about um, uh, a saving or a salvation from a, um, hey, you're going to heaven now um, standpoint. But the word here is sozo. It means rescue, heal, to make whole. Uh, I think we're talking about a spiritual growth. So the word can mean both, a spiritual birth or spiritual growth. I think, obviously, here from the context, it means growth. So as you do these things, as you dedicate yourself to what God's doing, you're going to grow yourself spiritually, and you're going to help others grow, right? So a pretty famous passage many of us know here, Ephesians 2, 8 through 10. Um, You know, most of us really know... 8-9 through by heart. Um, And again, kind of illustrates this, what I'm saying about salvation. So, for by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. So, right, how do we come to know Christ? It's not anything we do. It's not our level of commitment. It's not our perseverance. It's not our absorption. Um, It's not doing what the soldier's doing, whatever he's doing. Um, it's just that we're saved through faith. We place our trust in Jesus, um, and it's not a result of anything that we do. It's a free gift of God. So it's just a matter of us asking Jesus for his salvation, putting our trust in him for that, that spiritual rebirth. So then after that, what's really, really cool is God's been waiting for that, it's the reason he sent his son down to die on the cross. He's taken great pains. Um, he didn't even spare his own son. He wanted us to come into that relationship with him. And then once we do that, we are his workmanship. We're created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand so that we would walk in them. So this whole time God has been waiting for us to come back into his family, to be restored into a relationship with him, because we're his worksmanship. The word means masterpiece. We're created to do these good and awesome things, to have purpose and significance. And God says, yes, you're here. Now we can get to work. Now we can do some cool, cool things. So I'm going to make sure that this volume is up. And maybe that's too loud. I don't know. I want to show you guys a clip so I didn't put this guy up here by accident maybe some of you guys know what movie this is from the movie is called 1917 it's a movie about World War One and I think the movie I would recommend the movie to anyone it's just an amazing movie but the movie really illustrates this passage really really well Timothy's situation so uh, it's on peacock I'm not getting any, any revenue from Peacock, but you could watch an ad version of it on Peacock if you want to see, and it's really going to illustrate this passage really well because their soldiers in this movie get drafted into a very difficult task. They're probably not qualified for it. In fact, you'll see in the clip that I'm going to show you, they say, why in God's name did you choose me um, for this task? But the task is obviously very super important, Um, And nothing else matters if they don't play the role that they're asked to play. There's going to be significant consequences So I'm going to show you it's the it's the trailer I think the trailer is really good. It kind of sums up the whole movie, but doesn't give enough away that you won't want to see it So here we go
4: You have a brother in the second battalion. Yes, They're walking into a trap Your orders are to deliver a message calling off tomorrow morning's attack If you fail
3: it will be a massacre.
1: We've got orders to cross
0: here.
3: That is the German front line. Oh! Ah!
0: If we're not clever about this, no one will get to your brother. I will.
6: So you know it's good. Oh.
4: hundred
2: two guys get drafted into this impossible mission they're not qualified Um, you know they actually what's cool about the movie is they on their mission they're given these orders by the general and they encounter all these other superior officers to them that they have to say like no you need to stand down because I've got orders from the general like I've got to do this Um, so I think it's really cool Um, you, you can, you see a lot of parallels to the passage. I recommend the movie, um, you know, spiritual warfare, um, dire consequences, that sort of thing. Um, really, really cool. So maybe you're wondering why am I here? Uh, God, why did you put me in this group? Uh, why did I just have to watch a trailer to a movie? I'm probably never going to (laughs) see. I'm not sure how I feel about commitment, right? It seems pretty difficult You're telling me it's going to be painful. You're telling me I've got to be absorbed. You're saying it's a lot like that guy running through that field getting bombs exploded pretty close to him, right? I just got out of a long-term relationship. I'm not sure I'm ready for the new one. But again, I think if God is real, if he is who he says he is, um, what what other thing would we want to be committed to? What other calling would, would we... Hitch our, uh, hitch ourselves to right. We're gonna be committed to something. It's gonna be school or work or, or something. Maybe we're committing ourselves to not being committed to anything. Um, you know, that's not a really great commitment. We might as well commit ourselves to something worthwhile, the greatest greatest cause we could um, commit ourselves. So, what does it mean? How do we do it? How do we commit? What does it look like? Again, it looks like first we have to know Jesus. Right? He died so we could have a relationship with us. Um, but we can't step into those good works. We can't step into that uh, mission and commitment um, until we know him. So that would be the first step. If you don't know Jesus, um, investigating that, what does that look like? It might even look like a prayer um, to Jesus just to say, Jesus, I don't even know if you're real. If you're real, can you show me that you're real? Um, and he'll answer that prayer. And then, once you do have a relationship with Jesus, um, it looks like Paul's instructions to Timothy, right? It looks like being an example to others, being of good conduct, getting into the Word, and then using the gifts that, that God's given you, and taking pains and being absorbed with that. Um, so it looks like sometimes we've got to put down our phones right? We got to put down our phone. We got to get up off the couch. We got to, instead of watching the movie that I recommend you watching, maybe we got to go find somebody to love and serve, right? It looks like maybe instead of watching movies and stuff like that, we're going to get into the word. Um, I think that movie will supplement your study of tonight's passage, but if you're going to pick one thing, get into the word, right? Really get absorbed in it. Just don't wait for the next home church to roll around two weeks from now to get into the Bible again. Open the Bible tomorrow. Read the passage we read today. Get absorbed into it. See what God has to say about things. What better thing to throw ourselves into um, than loving people and knowing what God has to say and fulfilling our purpose um, as God's masterpiece. So like Kevin said, anyone can paint. Anyone can do this. Um, You know, initially God's not going to ask you to run across a field with bombs blowing up and stuff like that. Um, You know, he's just asking you, will you take the first step with me? Maybe that looks like praying to him. Um, Maybe if you know him, that looks like, hey, I've got to get into the word a little bit more than I do. What is what is the Lord showing you? And then I guess last but not least. um, Philippians 3.12. Does somebody want to grab that?
7: Not that I have already grasped it all or have already become perfect, but I press on if I may also take hold of
2: that for which I was even taken hold of by Christ Okay, so it's not perfection. The goal here, we're not going to be perfect. There's going to be setbacks. There's going to be failures. We're going to try to commit ourselves to Christ. We'll forget and do something else. We're going to try to love and serve somebody. We won't do it so good. We're going to try to give a home church teaching and maybe we fumble it. Um, and, and don't do so good um, The goal is progress though As we walk with the Lord As we commit ourselves to his purposes He's going to change our character He's going to going to help us do those things He's given us gifts and things like that So Timothy wasn't perfect I think that that's a real encouragement um, You know I never needed somebody To write me two letters to encourage me um, But it's kind of cool That Paul wrote the letters to Timothy Because it, it, it is encouraging me um, just just reading those it's encouraging to me to know that Timothy wasn't perfect he needed encouragement um, it's encouraging to me to know that Paul wasn't perfect Paul says not that I have already grasped it or already have become perfect I'm not there yet I'm still pressing on I'm still moving forward so uh, the goal is progress and not perfection so the goal the goal is what does the Lord have for you today? What step of faith is in front of you right now? Focus on that step um, and, and take it. We can all be impactful. Everyone can paint. It's just a matter of tapping into what God has for us and in front of us. So that's all we had. Whoa. If there's questions or comments or anything you'd like to say.
6: Now's the time. Yeah, but you guys. Uh, so uh, a lot of what there was a couple passages. This one here, and then also the end of uh, Timothy verse Timothy four. Uh, that was referring to you know, pressing forward and uh, pursuing a relationship with the Lord until it becomes evident to all people, right? I find oftentimes that it's very, very hard because it's gradual, to actually see that transformation, like, just self-analyzing, essentially. Yeah. Uh, So I guess I was wondering, and so I can be pretty pessimistic about myself a lot of time, Uh, but I guess I was wondering how you guys have uh, experienced, maybe you guys have experienced that, just, you know, shut up, but... uh, Yeah, I mean, I think it helps to have
2: people that are close to you that can say like um, hey you have changed or I have seen progress in this area in your life so other people I think will see it before you Um, but I think it helps too to reflect on kind of where you came from where again the goal is not perfection okay I still suck at loving people that's true but if I think back on how I was like when I was in high school like I wasn't even a, a person then (laughs) <laughs> you know, it's like the difference is night and day there's been a great improvement so that that helps too to like, okay, don't compare yourself um, to other people I guess um, you know, I think it is helpful maybe to aspire to, to somebody um, you know, aspire to Paul like Paul was aspiring to be like Christ I guess would be a good strategy but um, I think it helps to take a step back and say, okay, where did I start from versus where do I want to be or where do I think
5: I should be or something like
2: that. Yeah, so.
5: I think also, so when you say something like uh, until the change becomes evident to all people, um, I think we consider it as uh, the people who've been around you for a long time will say, oh, he was such a jerk before and he's such a great guy now, he's such a sweet guy now. And maybe they won't ever have that. Maybe they'll just say, Wow, Evan's a really really nice guy, or a really mature guy, or a really loving guy. And that maybe that's the change. Maybe they won't ever say he was such a dick before, but maybe they'll know what kind of a guy you want to know. If that makes sense. Huh? Yep. makes sense. I'm just going to jump off of that, yeah. too, Ooh. a little
3: bit. I think, um, too, sometimes it can be like, because it says, evident to all, and so like, the people who didn't really know you, like what impression did they get, like the people when you first meet them, are they like excited to befriend you, are they, or maybe like, oh there's, he's really helpful, or you know, like something like that where it, they get a breath of fresh air and it's not just like what it's like in the world, where oh this person's out to use me, or oh that person is really exhausting to talk to or they really just only talked about themselves like i think people do notice that without necessarily like identifying that um it's because we're christians but it is because of christ that we are different from the world yeah and so i think sometimes like just evaluating that um could be like a cool thing I don't know.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think you're absolutely right. I think that there's some of that in this passage where it is like, hey, you are a younger leader. You are seemingly, maybe in some people's eyes, unqualified for this position. So you got to be careful how you act, right? Conduct yourself in a way that you set an example for people. Like, people are going to be watching you, especially Timothy in that position. Or us, if we're in some position, or even if we say, oh, we're a Christian, people are watching us going okay, well does that mean you're any different than anyone else I know? So it is like, you don't want to make that your sole focus and try to act the way maybe you aren't, but you do want to, you know, act in a way that's befitting of a person who knows Christ. Yeah. So, yeah, I think what you're saying is true. Yeah, in Timothy's situation too, like, you ought to be careful how you talk to those older people. I mean, I think that's the next um, verse, verse, uh, chapter 5, verse 1 and 2, it's like, be careful how you talk to older believers, be careful how you talk to, like, you can't just, you're a younger guy, you can't just tell the older guys how it's going to be. Yeah. You know, you got to be be careful with that in a loving way.
5: So. Yeah, I think we've all been, speaking of like corrections and stuff like that, we've all been corrected or rebuked by people who like, it maybe seemed like they were just waiting for you to goof up and they just wanted to lay the hammer down. And on the opposite end, like, when it's like a real, like, genuine, I care about you, I love you, this is why I'm talking to you, it's like, you don't, you don't, you almost don't even come away from it feeling, like, beat down or tore down, or you, like, feel like built up, like, encouraged by it.
4: So I think it's interesting how you bring up this verse after you read that other one in Ephesians, and how here, uh so he said, I want to press forward so I can take hold of that for which Christ took hold of me. And so it's like Christ had this plan for me, this good works for me to walk in um, before the foundation of the world, and he took hold of me so that I would walk in them. And like, I want to strive for, towards walking in those things, and I'm not qualified for them. Um, I mean, that's just, I'm a goof. Any of you guys know me. Um, and, and in fact, Yeah, I, I see more and more how like completely self-centered I am. Um, and once in a while, I'll, some of, part, some small part of my motivation might be other-centered, but like for 99% of the time, I'm 99% self-focused. But yet, and so so in that knowing that, and in that condition of not qualified, like Christ still took hold of me for these good works. And it's not like he he said, here you go. Um, it's like I'm gifted for them. He's prepared me beforehand for them. He's trained me. I've gone through some things. And he's he's prepared me in my life to walk into this next thing that he has. He says in Matthew 28, like, hey, I'm going to be with you the whole time. Mm-hmm. So it's not even like he's just like telling me to go. But he's going to come with me and take that next step of faith with me into the thing that I'm not qualified to do. Uh, but I can do it because he's God, and I don't have to be. And so, Kevin, I've seen you do take steps of faith, um, and I don't recall them today, but but I do recall being very encouraged and very um, strengthened by the way that you have um, taken the encouragement of your brothers and put it into action, like invisible weight. It gets really cool. Um, that's part of what this is talking about, um, and it's part of what you have to offer me. Is like, dude. You're walking in faith. That's cool. Uh, so thanks, guys. I
7: like your uh, encouragement in your teaching, Joe. Very encouraging. And uh, to do the things we need to do. That's very encouraging. And you got awesome mustache. <laughs> oh. I, I love Kevin's uh, humor. He's, he's got the, that that he has with his teaching, so that's a plus. I mean, humor works. And uh, I always enjoy Kevin's story of how his brother pursued uh, him, you know, telling him about Christ. And that's encouraging to me because I need to try and do that a little bit more with my wife without pissing her off. So I need I need wisdom in that. And uh, so, awesome teaching tonight, yeah. guys. Thank you. Yeah. And glad to be here. I haven't been here for a week a couple weeks anyway. And uh, this is like a shot in the eye. <laughs> so get
6: together with you guys. Yeah and you're gonna teach. I good. It's always good. Uh, thank you for yeah, having me here, bro. This uh, reminds me, so basically, we're talking about how to have and keep a successful ministry. How to minister. And so, this reminds me of a passage in Second Cor 4. So second Cor is basically Paul's defending his ministry to the Corinthians because they kind of turned on him, and he's reminding them of what he's done for them. So, Second Cor 4 is a lot about suffering. Um, I mean we're pressed on every side, we're perplexed, we're knocked down, we're suffering. We live under constant danger of death because we serve Christ. And then he continues in verse thirteen. He says, but we continue to preach, so that's kind of what you're talking about, Kevin, right? We're dedicating ourselves to the Word, teaching of the Word, because we have the same kind of faith that the psalmist had when he said, I believed in God, so I spoke. We know that God, who raised the Lord Jesus, will also raise us with Jesus and present us to himself together with you. All of this is for your benefit, and as God's grace reaches more and more people, there will be great thanksgiving, and God will receive more and more glory. This is why we never give up. So that's kind of what you're talking about, right, taking that, uh, having great pains to to do these kinds of things, right, dedicating ourselves to it. Uh, Though our bodies are dying, our spirits are being renewed every day. For our present troubles are small and won't last very long, yet they produce for us a glory that vastly outweighs and will last forever. So look at the troubles now, rather we fix our gaze on the things that cannot be seen. The things we see now will soon be gone, the things we cannot see will last forever. So that's you know, the difficulty of ministry. We have so many things flying in our face. So many things preventing us from loving God and loving our neighbor as ourselves. We just want to love ourselves. So there's so many things in the way of that. So Paul's kind of uh, encouraging us to look at the things that aren't I And mean, God's glory being presented in us as we love and serve other people. Uh, my brother just moved in a few weeks ago younger brother, a baby brother, uh, he's kind of a failure to launch. and He rebelled against God probably in high school. And I'll tell you what, man, there's some things that are kind of annoying that he does uh, around in, in our house. And I'm like, dude, I told you to take the trash out. You didn't do it! Now we miss the trash, and the recycling's piling up, and I should have done it myself. Whatever, not a big deal. Uh, but the hope is they like as we love him more and more, like, he's already kind of noticed the Lord in his life, which is really Because like we're not trying to think of ourselves, or sometimes hopefully you don't know, get trapped in that. I, I thought of myself in
5: the trash. this,
6: but uh, how inconvenient it is. But it's like you know, we, loving him, ministering to him, right, dwelling on the Word, being encouraging him. That has really rubbed off on him, uh, and it's, he's like. He's seemingly really a different person from when he first moved in. He's like, I think the Lord brought me here, which is so cool. Right? And so, I, I guess, as an encouragement here tonight to everybody, is uh, if you're feeling burnt out, because that's what, what can happen in ministry, I guess I would ask first off, are you even doing ministry? Or are you kind of self-absorbed and being carnal? Because then you're going to really feel burnt out and not want to come. But if you are sacrificing, are you doing it for the Lord? You know, when we're coming here, and it's like I really don't want to be here. Are we here really for ourselves? We can forced to, or are we here for the Lord? And so we can see God's glory being raised up in us and shown. Uh, it's beautiful what you guys are teaching here tonight. Being dedicated to the Word and the teaching and taking great pains with it. You know it is hard doing things three or four times a week. But it's so worth it because I get to see God's glory come out more and more in myself and more and more in others who dedicate me. I just really appreciate this teaching. I think it was, like Bob was saying, very refreshing. A shot in the arm. A shot of adrenaline, so to speak, of spiritual power. I'm like, yeah, this is why we're getting together. You know, so God's glory. God can get glory, and God's glory is formed in us. Mm -hmm. That's what I, those are my heart tonight as
2: you guys are teaching. Appreciate it. Well, thank you. Yeah, I mean, there is that, uh, I mean, I think it's funny that, like, oh, we say, okay, we want to serve the Lord. And then you're like, oh, wait a minute, but, you know, maybe not in this instance with the trash. Uh-huh. Yeah, maybe not
0: having my brother move <laughs>
2: Maybe not in this uh, yeah. instance right here with this other person. Maybe not, you know, and it's like, no, if we want to serve the Lord, then serving the Lord looks like, I mean, Jesus' example was he washed the disciples' feet. So,
6: yeah, and, and to be honest, like, when a asked me, I'm like, I don't know about the back of like, of course, mm. Mm.
1: so my wife
6: has uh, more than me sometimes.
1: It is, it, is it is hard. Yeah, it's cool. So, uh, oh. go ahead, go ahead. up? <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. so what I- I'm saying. <laughs> 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 yeah, so, uh, yeah. Especially <laughs> hostage-created.
6: No. False. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so Julie's getting married some In and out, being in and out of leadership a couple times, whatever. This whole thing about leadership sometimes can seem kind of ambiguous, like, right? Like, what is this long what? But, like, sort of along the lines of what, first of all, Lindsay was saying and you guys were saying in this movie, serve and sacrifice and people will follow. It's yeah. not, you know, it's it's not hard if you're serving people and you're sacrificing other people. They will follow, and you will lead them. You know, that's what Jesus did for us. He served and he sacrificed. And he says,
5: follow me. You know, so, yeah. Yeah, it's said that leaders are, uh, leaders are recognized, they're not created. Mm-hmm. It's not like you get, like, knighted. Like, the queen, if you a leader, it's like, oh, this person's a leader, so I guess people are going to follow them now. Yeah.
1: you yeah. Oh, yeah, piggybacking off of uh, Rich and, and Carrie too. I was listening his teaching on spiritual leadership. Uh, the recent um, Gina Summer Institute was all about spiritual leadership, so pretty good timing. But uh, this teaching was focusing on like uh, spiritual leadership as essentially saying yes to, to Christ. Yeah, and um, when you get to that point of, of, of your walk. Saying yes to Christ is basically you're, that's your faith. You believe in that Christ, you, you believe in what He did, you want to serve Him, and you're saying yes to what He's asking you to do or serve in a certain area, whatever it may be. And um, He brought up the passage that I, I couldn't find it. because like, um, it was talking about how I trusted you with little and whatever, now I trust you with more. so parable like. of the talents? Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly the one. Yeah, good, so good one. so it's like our, in our walks, our Christian walks. The more we say yes to Christ, the more that He will hand us or allow us to do or serve or whatever um, in a certain way. And that's kind of what leadership is. You know, you're, you're saying yes to Christ, and then as you're continually saying yes, He's entrusting you with more things to do, and. Uh, um, you, you, you become a spiritual leader because you're just continually saying yes to Christ. I, I think about my walk. A lot, of time, a lot of times when I've been compromising my walk is because I'm 100% saying no all over the place. I don't want to serve anyone. I don't want to really teach, but I'll get up there because like, I have to. I don't really want to be here. You know, but A lot of times I'm, I'm compromising my walk is because I'm saying no to Christ. Mm-hmm. And then something shifts when... I finally say, yes, Lord, I'll do that. And I think there's something about being uh, willing to say yes to Christ and how that um, draws us closer to the Lord uh, in our walks. But also, it, it's an honor to be able to, Lord, you are trusting me to do this. Yeah. Yes, yes, I'll go ahead and serve. I was just reminded of this today. A friend had called me right after dinner which is the worst time to talk to me because I'm full and I don't want to do anything. It's like, hey, I need you to help me go serve this person really quick, out of the blue. And it took almost like a thousand percent of myself to say, yes, I'll, I'll help you. Because it's my flesh, and I'm very. it's easy for me to say no or find an excuse. No, I don't want to go serve this person. I don't want to be a part of this ministry. No, because whatever reason I can come up with. But just the fact of saying yes, you know, not only did I build in with a person who asked me help, but I got to serve someone who desperately needed it, and no one was helping her. Uh, and now I have this, uh, this uh, not event, but this example of saying yes to Christ yeah, to serve was, someone and help them out. And it up.
2: ended up great, and you felt, you know, you got life on it too. So. Yeah, exactly. And then the next time that comes up, it's a little bit easier, hopefully. Yeah. Sometimes it's not. It Sometimes. usually is, though. Easier to
1: say yes because it's like, of course. Yeah. So the question he ended was up teaching was like, what is what does Christ ask you to do that you're saying no to? Why not say yes if you're, you know, if you're on board with this? Like we talked about training, spiritual training last week, and trying to uh, gather further knowledge in Christ and how to go all out for Christ. And tonight with what you're saying to speak spiritual leadership. It's like, what can we be saying yes to Christ? What is He asking us? What opportunities are there? For uh, us to say yes to. I just thought about what people were sharing too.
2: Today, if you hear his voice, like, what has God got for you today? Okay, don't worry about yesterday. Don't worry about tomorrow. What is today? Like you're saying, what is the stuff that's in front of
1: you?
2: Yeah, very good. Yeah, oftentimes uh, in my life, I've been kind of saying no or ignoring. I mean, ignoring is like saying no, right? Mm -hmm. You're like, no, you've got to do something. He's asking you, you probably should do this thing. And you're like, well, I'm probably not going to do it right now. I'm probably going to do this other thing. Um, As soon as I say yes, it's like, oh my God, I've just been waiting for you to say yes. So I could give you all this stuff, so I could put you in this position that was way better than what you were trying to do yourself. I have a lot of examples like that. So got, I got, uh, when I was looking for a job way back when I graduated college, I was saying no to a lot of jobs and a lot of things. And then finally I said, okay, God, I'll go and get whatever job. I'll go get a job at Taco Bell. If I have to literally, like I was going to get a job at Taco Bell, not that that would be the worst thing in the world, but then like later that day, somebody called me and said, Hey, I've got a job for you. And it's like, God yeah, has a sense of humor, too, you know? Like, I've been saying no for months, doing that. As soon as I said yes, I'll, fine, fine, I'll do it. He was like, oh, because I had this other job for you. <laughs> it was funny, you know? So, hmm.
4: Yeah. Hey, I do thing? Yeah. Hey, so Julie's getting married on Sunday, right? Um, so I appreciate you guys' prayers for all that. Um. A lot of it is we're setting up a lot of stuff. And my wife, she's like the super organizer person. Like found herself to be very overwhelmed. Um, and somebody, Allie, Allie Baker, not Miller, Baker, uh, came over and helped her out yesterday. Uh, it took quite a load off of her. Uh, so we really appreciate that, Allie. Thanks. Uh, but that's uh, you know an example of someone serving Christ in a very simple way. That um, was very mean. Yeah, I very much appreciated. So, thanks. That's awesome. Do you need any more help? I have no idea. <laughs> okay. I okay. do not. Well, I need, I need Carlo for something.
7: But uh, <laughs> again, <laughs> up, yeah. uh, get him before he. Get
5: him. It's all. Approach
4: it. <us>. Maybe talk to, to Allie or to. Paula. I, okay. I don't know. I, I don't know what we need. Okay. It seems like there's a dining room full of stuff that needs to get there on Sunday. Paula's reached out to Okay. Good. Thanks.
7: That. Yeah. Well, thanks for sharing Good job, Allie. <whistles>
2: That's my woman.
7: <laughs> Thank the Lord.
2: All right, well, why don't we have a few of us pray, not to to shut it off, but have a few of us pray, and then we can hang out.
6: Yeah, Bob, thank you for uh, tonight. Thank you for these guys preparing to teach and speaking to them, God. Lord, I'm so happy that uh, we get to engage in, in ministry and what it means to uh, be a leader. And uh, it just means to really serve and put yourself last and others first. So I just thank you, God, that at least the idea is easy to understand, but our, our flesh and our selfishness gets in the way. So I pray, God, you'd be showing us areas in our lives that we're uh, being fleshly or self-centered or selfish, and uh, help us give that over to you, God, because we love you, Lord. We know you want to do great things for us impact people eternally and you know, we just get weighed up so much of the time so pray for that Lord pray for our hearts we give them over to you and you show us the air of our ways and the air, uh, thoughts of our hearts Lord um, pray for tonight yeah pray for some awesome fellowship pray God we get to know each other and see what's going on in each other's lives and uh, encourage one
3: Father, um, I just want to thank you that uh, you have good works prepared beforehand for us to walk in. That um, being dedicated to you isn't, I don't know, just showing up, but uh, that it's life-changing. That it's not just coming to a bunch of meetings, but um, it's it's being refreshed and, and changed and uh, that we get to experience that here and now. Um, I, I just pray that we can be uh, taking these things seriously, uh, taking great pains and, um, I don't know, thinking about uh, some of the stuff that Kevin was saying in the beginning of, like, where can we be in our own relationships and um, what are our giftings? How do we apply those?
7: So yeah, Lord, thank you so much uh, for the teaching tonight. Thank you for the encouragement uh, uh, that we heard and um, places where we can become uh, more uh, in uh, a leadership role, even if it's not like out in front, but uh, behind the scenes. Uh, just give you thanks, Lord, that uh, we can get together tonight. Uh, very encouraging, very good. Thank you, Lord.
2: Well I do thank you for um, this evening, thank you for this passage, Um, you know, thank you for I think a great example of a leader maybe that doesn't have all the qualifications of what we would think a leader was, but um, you don't require those same kind of qualifications that, uh, you know, a business or, um, you know, an organization might. Um, You just require willingness. Um, and you and do the rest. So thank you for that example, Lord. Um, you know, I do just pray, uh, kind of like we were talking in the discussion that Carlo was saying, uh, pray for whatever steps people have in front of them, the steps of faith that you're calling on people to take. Those steps can be really scary and really daunting sometimes, like we don't want to do them. Um, but really, um, you know, you have our best interests in mind. You love us. You care about us. You... Give your son for us, so that we could walk in these good works that you prepared um, before the foundations of the world for us. So, I pray for those things, for the steps of faith that people have, um, that they they take those steps, that they say yes to those things. So, myself included, Lord, um, help me to see what you'd have me do. So. Just thank you for that, Lord. I know you're going to answer those prayers, and uh, you know thank you for everybody participating and sharing tonight. Uh, what a great meeting! So, Amen. Oh! Good, Good
0: job, you. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs>